Tonight on the Fanatic Forum, who's ready to rumble? Because we got some wrestling news to talk about. Plus, there's a lot of other geek stuff here. It's a busy weekend. And we're going to talk about that right now, right after this. <music> stuff to talk about today here. It's a busy geek week here at the Vanic Forum. So uh, without further delay, let me bring on my co-host, my brother from another mother, my other better half here, the junior fanatic. You know him, you love him, Seth Von Eric. <laughs> Your other better half. <laughs> well, the other one's upstairs and taking a nap because it's that, the first day of spring break and she's she's sleepy. That 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 is totally fine. Uh, what, one thing that I want to notice real quick while, while we were watching your intro video, your, have, you, have you ever noticed your wrestling ring that you oh, have? Yeah, it's, it's, it's missing a rope or it's, it's one rope too many? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just thinking it was like that was like for your promotion. That was your gimmick ring. Like, you know, the TNA started with a six-sided ring and then like I think AAA still uses it or something, and, you know, but there's like different style of rings that, you know, you could have like the, the new four-roped ring. Well, it's, it's so funny because, like, I've got other graphics. Uh, let's see here. Let me get my other background here. Uh, let's see. Here, here's the wrestling world in here. So we can't see it here because we're fa our faces are covering up here. <laughs> but this one is a proper ring because you can see kind of the edge. There's three ropes. Right, right, so, right. And then the one that's in my intro has four. So and somebody pointed that out to me before. It's like, yeah, that's in the video there. And like, yeah, that's fine, whatever. <laughs> so I mean, I think it was, yeah. It's a special four rope ring, but somebody's like, "Well, that's boxing." I was like, "I know that's boxing." It's like, "Shut yeah. up." Well, it doesn't have. I don't think it's boxing because it doesn't have the guards in the middle. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 So you can still. Yeah, you could. You could say it's for like South American, uh, a South American style of wrestling that they practice. You know, down there. That, yeah. That you know. You. Yeah. It's libre. <laughs> it's something entirely. Else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> whatever. Yeah. God knows that too. It's like, it's like yeah, oh well, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, how you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic. It has been a long week and I'm beat, but you know, we, we made it. I'm here. You know, yes, I'm, I'll, dude, like everything that is, it, it has been, oh, and it, some weeks whenever wrestling stuff happens, like there, or there's no week, or there's sometimes when nothing happens during a week for wrestling. Mm -hmm. And then there's some weeks where everything happens. Oh my god! And yeah, yeah. And then of course, on top of that, I mean, we got a lot of other geek stuff to talk about here. Um, Star Wars fans have got a little bit to celebrate here. Uh, we got the new Ahsoka, or actually the first Ahsoka trailer uh, to come out for the Disney Plus show. I saw that that dropped today. I haven't seen it yet, but it's yeah, epic. Hmm. 
It is epic. Uh, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of intrigue and a lot of, uh, you know, you know, a lot of interest going on there. Um, yes, Thrawn is in the show, but in the trailer, we only see the actor from behind. We know it's Thrawn, but we don't see the face. We don't see who's playing him at this point. Um, Ray Wise is in the show, uh, playing a, some sort of either, maybe he's a, an inquisitor or some sort of Sith, but he's definitely wielding a red lightsaber and fighting with Ahsoka. <laughs> but you can see it's Ray Wise. You know I mean? It's like, you know, from, you know, uh, Punisher Warzone and, uh, the Thor movies where he played yeah. and many other roles. So, but it sounds like, cool, Ray Wise is in the I, I, I love Punisher Warzone. That's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's 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 really that one's like you know it's a ridiculous movie, but if you're a hardcore Punisher fan, it's probably like the best Punisher movie because it just yeah it just gets everything out of the way and it's like it's he's it's an hour and a half of Punisher just like mowing everybody down. There's right. really a lot of plot to it. Yeah, Jigsaw's in the movie and they do kind of get him right somewhat. Uh, but it doesn't matter. It's just you're gonna, it's Punisher just mowing people down. Just yeah, religiously. So. And, and it's a movie that's it's self-aware too, and that it yeah, and, and it leans into that. Especially like I feel like that like with the three parkour dudes, like you know they they set them up to be so awesome, and then about midway through the movie, the Punisher just makes them into giblets. And, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I I agree. That that movie is a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't deserve to be that much fun but it is it, it, yeah but yeah if he's gonna be in the new star wars show i'm 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 warming back up into star wars so uh, i'm almost finished with the first season of the mandalorian okay cool yeah so i still got a ways but you know i, I do want to watch i do want to catch up on some of this stuff uh yeah season one's very good season two uh they have a big moment in season two uh, of course, you may have seen some of that spoiler stuff because you know it was a big pop culture moment. Yeah, I, I might have, but I don't, where I didn't have a context for it, like I don't, you know, it's just kind of in here somewhere, and yeah, you, you'll know it when you see it. Okay, um, right. and then of course, season two uh, kind of like gives us a little bit of a kickoff for where the Ahsoka show is going to be, and then also sets us up for the Book of Boba Fett spinoff. Uh, as well, and then now we're working on season three of Mandalorian. So okay, so yeah, so you got basically you got to you know you know finish up season one, season two of Mandalorian, then watch Boba Fett, and then come back for season three of Mandalorian, and then you'll okay. okay. So, yeah, like <laughs> wasn't there now? I could be. I could have just read like a weird headline online, but isn't there something about a Mandalorian movie? Not that I know of yet. Um, okay. Or if he's going to be involved in movies. Now they did announce uh, at the uh, Star Wars Celebration Europe that there will be a, a new movie. I guess it's a trilogy announced, um, and this is brand new thing here. Uh, didn't say anybody who's behind. Oh, I'm sorry. The uh, lady who did uh, Ms. Marvel. Uh, the director of that series, she's doing the, I guess the first movie at least. I'm not sure if she's doing the whole trilogy, but doing the first movie at least uh, takes place 15 years after the rise of Skywalker, uh, and involves a powerful Jedi Master who is attempting to reform the Jedi Order, and then they bring Daisy Ridley out on stage. So at least the first movie will involve Rey Skywalker. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that was announced today. Um, this is, of course, they haven't started anything just yet, so that's probably going to be a couple more, you know, a couple of years away or whatnot. No. So, but 
yeah, so we got a new, uh, we finally got new movies announced here for Star Wars. So we've had all kinds of series going on because you had the Obi Wan series on mm-hmm. Disney Plus, then you got the Andor series. Obi-Wan and now Obi Wan is getting a season two, I believe. Uh, it may be. I haven't heard that officially just yet, but there's been a lot of talk about it, and they left it. They, they left it either way, where it could be a season uh, just standalone, or if they want to do a yeah. second season, they can. I see the, the thing is like most of my Star Wars information has come from like the the Bing opening news page whenever I get to work and try and clock in. So it's like all these weird headlines and some of them are from stupid clickbait sites. So it's like I'm not really like paying that much attention. So like I'm trying to see where it's from to see if it's from a legit site like the the movie about the Mandalorian uh you know, that probably was one of those. So anything that I say like that, I'm probably just pulling out of somewhere and it's wrong. So <laughs> Yeah, like I, said, I haven't heard anything about if they're going to do anything for Mandalorian just yet. Um, like I said, there's you know a few other shows have been announced recently. Like there's a show called Skeleton Crew. Don't know anything about that. Uh, the Acolyte has been in production for a while. That's right. apparently involving possibly a Sith, or I don't know if it's somebody old or new, but it's possibly involving a Sith show and following a Sith character, which could be interesting. We've never seen that before. Uh, let's see. The Rogue Squadron, I think, is back in play, but probably going to be a series. Because uh, originally it was going to be announced as a movie, and Patty Jenkins was going to direct it, and then that all fell apart. And so they still want to do a Rogue Squadron, but that may end up being, um, yeah, that may end up being a series. So, I would love a Rogue Squadron series. Like, I, those books were some of my favorite Star Wars books. Totally. Yeah, yeah and, the, and, the sim games, the simulator games were awesome. Yeah, that's the other thing too. It's like if they make a series, hopefully they'll make a game out of it too, because uh, that that squadrons game is okay, but it's not, you know, like the, the it's old, not. The ones in the in the nineties and the early two thousands were really good. They yeah, started off with like the Tie Fighter, and then they went X Wing, X Wing, and then, then X Wing versus Tie Fighter, and yeah, yeah. And then I think they started doing the Rogue Squadron games. I think those end up getting translated to console games too, if I remember. Yeah, it, I, if I remember correctly, Nintendo was the one that got the Rogue Squadron games because yes, uh, yeah. yeah, 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 because there 64, were three of them, sixty four and two on GameCube. Okay, yeah, because the Rogue Squadron three. Yeah, Rogue Squadron 3 was not as good as Rogue Squadron 2, but I, if I'm remembering correctly, if you beat Rogue Squadron 3, you got an unlocked version of Rogue Squadron 1 that was emulated on the GameCube disc. So, yeah, it was something crazy like that. One of the two, the game was unlockable. I know that. But, That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but we had another little Lucasfilm announcement as well. We got a new trailer uh, for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and this second trailer is much better. Uh, that first trailer I was not a fan of. I'm like, yeah, I'm probably gonna. I could. It was weird to say, to think I'm gonna probably skip this Indiana Jones movie. But that first trailer, I'm like, I'm gonna skip this this Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. Uh, but this new one, it looks much better. Uh, you get a legacy character, uh, kind of someone to kind of carry on maybe the mantle, uh, and it's not Shia LaBeouf. So thank God. Um, <laughs> it, see, that's my thing. Like watching the first trailer, I was th- like, I did kind of get that Indiana Jones like feeling in my heart. You know, like you know, you get when you you're about like what we remember seeing Last Crusade or you know Temple of Doom. Like when we got excited for those. Like, I'm never not going to have that. I had it with Crystal Skull, even though I was kind of disappointed with Crystal Skull. Oh, but I was very disappointed with Crystal Skull. Even though... Initially, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, even though I was... Di- like, I'm not going to give up. I'm still going to go see the movie, even if the second trailer was bad, too. I'm still going to go see it. Like, you know, it, it's good. Like, Mads Mikkelsen is in it. He's playing the villain. So, I'm like, okay. That, yeah, that looks good. 
John uh, John Ross Davies was shown in the trailer at least for you know a, a scene, so it's like awesome. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, I, so yeah, so they're they're what I'm seeing so far, things are looking good. And of course, they're having some fun with digital uh, graphics because basically they're doing some like you know going back to Indy's past, you know, like still during World War II era where he's out around doing Indiana Jones things, and so you get to see like young Harrison Ford. And then, you know, the next scene, he's back, and you're watching old Harrison Ford. So it's really, it looks good in the trailer without that. But um, there is something I don't like in the trailer. And this is a trend I've been seeing in Marvel uh, and Disney stuff recently, Mm -hmm. is mashups that they're using. I'm not a mashup fan. From, let's say this, like when the show Glee came out, and everybody's all a fan of that, and everybody's enjoying all the mashups they're doing. That is the antithesis of music to me. I hate that stuff. Okay. So, um, Indiana Jones feet starts off with a little bit of Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones playing in there. Then it starts transitioning into like some score music, and then you get a moment where the indie theme kicks in. But we're still hearing the woo-woo from Sympathy for the Devil yeah. in there. And I'm like, no. No, 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 no. Yeah, because you're talking about it being a trend too, and it's like I can hear the Guardians trailer, you know, doing the same thing. Yeah, Guardians did it twice for the same movie. The first trailer, it was Space Hogs in the meantime mash up with something else in there, and then the second trailer was Rainbows uh, Since You've Been Gone, also mashed up with something. Yeah. And then, uh, the last trailer that came out for uh, Ant Man and Quantum Mania was Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. That was mashed up. Like, stop doing this. Yeah. Do the score music, do the song, transition, but stop the, stop the, the, I I don't want my chocolate and my peanut butter in this case. Yeah. You you keep those separated. It was longer than that, actually, because I was thinking, I was trying to remember that we uh, we were talking about the Nirvana one earlier. Uh, That one was Black Widow, if I remember correctly, because they used, uh, Come as you are in the trailer for that is that weird yep. mashup. Yep. That was okay. Yeah, I hated that. Because Batman used something in the way. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Black Widow, you did come as you are. Yeah. So, so there you go. See, it's yeah. going on long. But Batman did it in the movie. I don't remember the Nirvana song being in the trailer. I don't think I, it, I, I could be wrong, was, though. I think it maybe was a little bit, but they kind of they did the the blend transition where basically they started like a little bit of it and then they go into the creepy score music because Michael Giacchino's score for that movie was incredible. Right. So it's like, let's not step on that, nor should we step on Kurt Cobain either. So it, well, see like my thing, every time I hear a Nirvana song in a movie, like my heckles rise up. Like I, I just, it doesn't fit. Like it's, I know there's a bunch of people that think Zeppelin in movies is blasphemy. And like I feel that way about Nirvana. Like I just, you know, I, I don't know why. It just it doesn't feel right. It takes me right out of the movie. Hey, basically, for me, like the song they picked for Batman works well. I'll tell you what, though, literally the same song was used in the movie Jarhead with Jake Gyllenhaal. That was well used because it was yeah. because it's basically he's in uh, he's a marine. He's in training. It's a kind of a dark film. Uh, and so it's a very dark moment that's being used where he's almost considering suicide. And it's like, that was well used. You know, it yeah. kind of gives me a little chills just thinking about the scene right now. 
So, but I didn't mind it so much in the Batman movie. But yeah, you're right. There's sometimes like certain modern, what we consider modern music. It was stuff we were in high school, but <laughs> right, whatever, you know, time is relative, nonetheless. Uh, yeah. it is a little weird. But yeah, it's like there's like the. I mean, I get the uh, immigrant song usage for the Thor trailer. I still didn't like it. Yeah, it was. You know, I. It's like, and it's like no. I mean, it's like there. I mean, it's like. Okay, yeah, that was nice, but it's like if you really want to use like I mean, I I know there's some recognition with the Led Zeppelin song, but it's like, good God, you could use anything that Grand Magus has done yeah. for four albums would work for any Thor movie, be an awesome metal song, have a little bit more of a modern feel to it. Right. And still be talking about like Norse fire and brimstone and swords right. and and stuff like that, you know? So many, yes, that's that, sorry. Forgot to put my phone on mute. <laughs> uh but you could use like a Manowar song for God's sakes. Oh yeah, that'd be yeah. They did a whole record about Thor and Odin and the Norse gods. You know, it's all, and it's even got some orchestral stuff in there too. It's like right. Come on. Now there was one use of Zeppelin though in a movie though that I thought was perfect, and it was just because of the joke oh, and uh, Fast Times. Oh, uh, yeah. Whenever uh, he tells him to play uh, Led Zeppelin, Side two of Led Zeppelin so, yeah, and he start, and he plays physical graffiti instead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Side one of physical graffiti. Or those, let's see, the physical graffiti was a, a four a disc album or four record out as far as that album. So that was side two album one. Was yeah. Cashmere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it was just completely wrong, like what it was, and it was, and yeah, and everybody wanted to point out that that was that wants to point out that that's like a continuity error, and it's like no, that's you know, that's that's the joke. Like he's just so so bad at it. He just heard Led Zeppelin. He didn't hear yeah. specifically side two of Led Zeppelin four because that's all the pretty songs and Stairway to Heaven. Right. So it's like that's all the makeout songs. Yeah, it's going it's going to California. It's Tangerine, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Kids. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, well, Dave Manningly's chiming in here. I got to say hey to him here. Uh, talking about our uh, Indiana Jones discussion. He says, in general, I still like Shia LaBeouf. I mean, I don't, you know, hate him as a person or anything like that. You know, whatever. But uh, you know, I just didn't like him in that Indiana Jones movie. So. Yeah, he just he didn't fit in that movie, and it's like I, I don't dislike Shia LaBeouf in general either. Like uh, I, I thought Disturbia was a fantastic movie, like the the Rear Window remake, whenever he was young. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I really enjoy the Transformers movies. Like I I don't have a problem with him being you know him being in those. Uh, you know, I got now. I haven't seen anything like. Didn't he do like Nymphomaniac, uh, the Lars von Trier movies? Yeah, I haven't seen those. Or like, I haven't. Se- I haven't really kept up with them as of late. But it's not because of a dislike. I, I'm, I'm, or it's I'm, not, just, I'm not big into anything Lars von Trier anyway. I've seen a few <laughs> of his movies. I'm like, yeah, it's like okay, I get it that they're art films and whatnot. But it's like, is it an enjoyable experience? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. I, would, I can't remember what the name of the movie is, but uh, Cronenberg's Kid has got a new movie out. Uh, it's got um, uh, Alexander Skarsgård in it. And, I mean, it's like, it might as well be just a new David Cronenberg film. I think is it Crimes like, of the Future? I think that's it, yeah. Okay, wow. Okay, so I picked that up and I haven't opened it yet because I thought it was the new Cronenberg movie. <laughs> and I was going to well, watch it. Definitely it is. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's Michael Cronenberg. It's not David. But I mean, like visually, it's like it's a Cronenberg movie, and I'm all about the that. Trailer, like the, the Red Band trailers messed up 
And so, yeah. No. There's some, like, it's like, this is a Cronenberg movie. The, the, the chip, <laughs> did, the, the, the apple did not fall far from the tree at all. <laughs> that is amazing. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I may actually watch that before I go to bed tonight then. Because, yeah, Cronenberg, like, I, I love Cronenberg body horror movies. Body horror movies just creep me out, something fierce, and, like, nobody does it better than Cronenberg. I was actually disappointed that Eastern Promises and uh, that other history of violence weren't body horror movies. They were violent nonetheless, but... Oh, know, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, no, that was his Viggo Mortensen two-pack there, so... Yeah. And then what what is cool, I don't know if you've kept up with uh, the Star Trek series, the new ones as of late on no. Paramount. Yeah, uh, David Cronenberg is actually in Star Trek Discovery as the, no. yeah, he's like the the I think Sector Thirty Seven or whatever the the Federation black site you know thing like he's like one of their you know people and yeah he's just so creepy and David Cronenbergian with it and, you know Love it. yeah it's a, he, he doesn't do he doesn't act enough but he is so good right and then uh, of course in Nightbreed yes yeah <laughs> he was the David Cronenberg reminds me of like the guy who murdered Matthew Modine and then took over his body. Yes. <laughs> because he looks like a creepier Matthew Modine and it just, it just comes so naturally to him. Yeah. You know, the performance oh, yeah. is so great. And, and Cronenberg will tell you, like, he doesn't like being called you know, a little piece of fuzz like dangling over him. Uh, Cronenberg does not like to be called a horror director. He does not see himself as a horror director. You know, he's a film director. He does movies about this and this and this, but he doesn't see himself as a horror director. Unfortunately, the rest of pop culture does. Yeah. So, I, yeah, was, yeah. Yeah. I don't, he's, I always felt like he was more of a, he, he I, I hate to say he was almost the, one of the godfathers of splatterpunk, but I mean, he, he really kind of yep. was, mm -hmm. but he had, he has a sense. He has always had a sense of filmmaking capability yeah. that gave these weird horror movies a little bit of a boost in quality, as opposed to you know just your standard slasher fare or you know whatever, you know horror movies just weird to be weird. Like Cronenberg's horror is very specific, but uh, yeah, he, he, I, I see where you're going to. It's very artful, and that's why he gets a lot of the the credibility that he has and the clout that he has. It, it almost kind of like, he's like the American Dario Argento because Dario Argento yeah. doing, the, doing the Giallo films and whatnot, you know, those are extremely violent, but they're also very dreamlike and beautiful and filled with color. Right. Yes. There's some, you know, people getting murdered in very horrific and, you know, grotesque ways, but it's also very pretty in a, in a certain sense. If you take a step back, and take the take the visceral nature out of it, and look at the the visual of it. You see art. Right. Yeah. Cronenberg's uh, the same way, but you know, but it, again, very grotesque sort of stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dave Magley's chiming in, saying that uh, Existence is good, but his favorite is uh, The Fly. Yeah. Exit. Yeah, Existence was that one was okay. It's probably my my. I, I think it was anyway. Like it it wasn't. I don't hate it or anything. It just it's not my go to Cronenberg movie. But The Fly is. You know, oh yeah, yeah. You don't get much better than that. I mean, that's like that's one. It's it's one of those ones. It's hard to pick. You know, which one's better, Scanners or The Fly? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. And I and I'll even throw Video Drum in there too. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Basically, that's like his three for right there. I mean, because you know, granted, Rabbids, you know, good too. And there's you know a lot of other. One of my personal favorites that doesn't get talked about enough is his Naked Lunch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that one. It, it, 
if anybody was going to be able to adapt William S. Burroughs' mind trip of a book. <laughs> right. It, it would, yeah. Over. I've forgotten that he did Naked Lunch. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, Miller in the lead role. Yeah. And, you know, maybe talking about his movies more and like starting to think, sorry, Moxley's going nuts over oh, here, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, buddy. Uh, but uh, talking about Cronenberg, a lot of his movies aren't necessarily horror movies, though, either. You know, come to think of it, like History of Violence wasn't horror. Like, I, I, no. I can't call Naked Lunch horror. No, uh, I mean, yeah. Rabbit is horror. Uh, yeah. You know. The Fly. Uh, yeah, The Fly is very much horror. But we're also Scanners, forgetting. Scanners, not so much. Scan, yeah, Scanners had a horrific element, but I can't really call that that. that that's one of the ones that I'll even cave and let you know. You call it like a thriller because it 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 it, I, it bugs the crap out of me when you have movies like Silence of the Lambs that you know. Oh, it's a psychological thriller. It's like no, it's a movie about one dude who eats people and the other dude who wants to make a suit out of human skin. It's a horror movie. It's a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's you a know. Killer movie. Right. Yeah. You know. It's just you know you can try and make it highfalutin all you want to. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's psychological horror because it got nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> right. Yeah. If Texas Chainsaw Massacre was nominated for an Oscar, then it would be, uh, I don't know, uh, a roadshow piece about, uh, you know, barbecue in Texas. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, we're, we're talking a lot about movies here. And yeah. Dave's uh, shattering me saying that yes, Peter Weller was great in Naked Lunch. So, and Criterion's got a, uh, uh, a version of this I need to pick up. So Yeah, I have that actually. The, the Criterion. Uh, but we got some wrestling to talk about here. Yeah, we do. Uh, first off, I got one fun thing to show because, of course, you know, the Fanatic Forum, we got to show off some comics from time to time here. Uh, this is a book that came out this week. You and I got early copies of this because, you know, hey, you know, friends yeah, benefits here. My boys got connections. I, we got connections here, but um, a uh, my friend Abby uh, was kind enough to give me uh, a box set that she uh, got off Whatnot that contained four copies of Rick, codename Ric Flair number one. We had different covers here, so Seth picked the covers that he liked, and I picked the covers I liked. There you go. Uh, but this book is hilarious. Uh, this basically takes from Ric Flair's real-life story of when he was in a plane crash early in his career, um, broke his back and broke many other things, but most normally his back was broken. He was laid up in the hospital for months. He rehabs, gets back in the gym, gets back training, and when he comes back, uh, what was, what, a near 300 pound Ric Flair with a buzz cut, kind of very beefy. Yeah. He... What we know, know as the nature boy coming back after the, uh, the, the plane crash. Yeah. Yeah. Just to, just to give a more of a mental image too. Like if you think of like the old school wrestlers, like Luthez or Frank, gosh, the barrel chested guys, Ric Flair was right there with them. Like he, yeah. It, where, where he used to be. You could, you wouldn't recognize him if you saw the picture. It really, you really, I, as a matter of fact, I showed Michelle, my wife, uh, a picture of like, here is a, you recognize this wrestler here? She goes, he looks familiar. I was like, that's Ric Flair in his early 20s. She's yeah. Like, oh my God. What happened? It's like, he broke his back in a plane crash. That's <laughs> so, if you want to drop about 100 pounds uh, and grow your hair out and then get a completely different look, there you go. Get yourself right. in a small Cessna with six, you know, 300 pound dudes. Uh, fly low over Atlanta and crash in some trees. No one died. A lot of injuries. One it actually killed one guy's career, but no one died in the crash. Thank God. Uh, but yeah, nonetheless, though, <laughs> uh, taken from that 
real life story here. Uh, the U.S. government gets a hold of Ric Flair and basically gives him a super duper makeover here. Let me see if I turn find the page here. Oh, here we go. So yeah, give him the the super duper makeover here. I'll have, even has him in the chair getting his hair done and all that stuff there, and then basically uh, turns him into. The Nature Boy, as we know him, with his first woo. Woo! Uh, but yeah, they basically kind of give him a six million dollar man treatment, where they make him, you know, better, stronger, faster, uh, and then he starts doing secret missions for the U.S. government while also being a professional wrestler. So, first mission is he does a show over in Moscow uh, for a, a basically a, a private uh, match, and it's for like some like Russian drug dealers or something along those lines. So, yeah, so. Number one is out now in stores. Check it out. It's funny. <laughs> I would comment. I've been bad, though. I have not read my copy of it yet. I, you you know, didn't read it. It's, it's yeah. funny. It's funny. I, I, yeah, it's definitely on the table. I was just reading various other wrestling books. for. Oh, yeah. You, me, you, you read a bunch of biographies. Yeah, I got a, I found there was a, a Luthez biography hooker uh, that was, it was Famous like, one, yep. yeah, super expensive to get in paperback, but they finally released a Kindle edition that I found out. I think they did it like last year, year before, something That's like awesome. that. But yeah, I just, I just found out about it. So it was like, yeah, I got that. And then uh, I got another one that was, it, that one just came out either this year or late last year, but it was a biography of the original Sheik from Detroit oh, nice. that, uh, yeah, the one that uh, Rob Van Dam and Sabu uh, all trained with, and yeah, yeah, exactly. Fireball throwing Sheik, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. The guy was from Detroit, but they had this whole gimmick like he was like a Middle Eastern Sheik. It's like yeah, you're white with blonde curly hair. Hey, but you know, the the guy that wrote the book, yeah, I got to next time I'll plug the the guy's name, but uh, the the guy that wrote the book like really goes into detail about how difficult it was to get it, much information on the Sheik because he, his family is still keeping kayfabe on a bunch of that stuff now, like two generations wow. past. Yeah. That's and, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the, but yeah, the, the, the Luthez book hooker, I mean, it does not the same hooker as in Streetwalker talking about hooker as in a, a right. wrestler or a guy who knows the, the NCAA Olympic wrestling sort of stuff like that. And then he gets into professional wrestling and basically stretches guys eight ways from Sunday. Right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the, so, the whole point was that you had a guy that, you know, a guy that could handle himself if things went sour, because, you know, if, if you were, you always protected the business and, mm -hmm. you know, if so, sometimes, you know, somebody might try to screw you and you had to be ready to handle things. And there wasn't anybody better than Luthez at the time. And yeah, you get guys in bar, you get drunk guys in bars. Say, hey, you're not so tough. You're a professional wrestler. We take you out, and then basically you have to physically defend yourself. And sometimes you gotta get in fisticuffs. And then somebody who yep. knows grappling moves really well, you basically put, you know, an arm bar on somebody or get him in a chin lock, and they're they're screaming uncle, you know. <laughs> right. There you go. Problem solved. Exactly. You know, the business protected, your butt's covered, and there you go. <laughs> yeah. Or you could be Randy Savage and get in a fight with a wall in the Waffle House and attack somebody with a knife. <laughs> yeah. <you're... laughs> or there's that, you know. <sighs> yeah. Oh, we could do a whole episode on like old wrestling stories. I know. <laughs> That's the thing that's so totally is missing from today's wrestling in the territories is the road stories and the crazy stuff that wrestlers would do on the road. Nowadays, everything's so sterilized. 
you know, you have rental cars now and, you know, well, we we almost traded though, like because we traded those old wild road stories, and now we've got stuff like what we're de- what we're about to talk about that just happened yeah. with things, which is its own, you know, tea sipping drama that <laughs> that, that we we can't get enough of. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about WrestleMania thirty nine here in a little bit, but uh, the big news that was literally dropped uh, was it. Actually, was was it Saturday or Sunday that they they dropped the news? They dropped it during WrestleMania. It was uh, Sunday evening, I rem- okay. if I remember correctly. Yeah, that because even before the show started. Yeah, it was it was right before the show started because there was a, there was the huge speculation about the finish of the main event because right. the the way it happened uh, yeah. because. It was, everybody thought that it was Cody's time. You know, Cody exactly. was, yeah, it, I guess we're going to kind of talk about WrestleMania a little bit. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah. So everybody was talking about it. It was Cody's time. It, we're also kind of, you know, burying the lead a little bit with jumping right into the main event. But, uh, but, you know, but that was, I mean, you had a lot of good matches during the two nights of WrestleMania, but the big one was Cody Rhodes right. versus Roman Reigns for the, the United States, the, the big championship. Yeah. Right. And, you know, you know, Cody's family's there, like his sister's there, you know, they've got negative one there from AEW, like, you know, he I gets mean, the weight belt. weight belt. And yeah. yeah, you know, it's he like, his baby and all that stuff oh, too. yeah, you know, it's like, and, and uh, this is the, this is the end of Cody's story, you know, this is what Cody's wanted. And then yeah. it was, it was the Vince finish. There's, there's no other way. There is no other way to say it. it. It was the Vince finish. It felt like Vince. It was. It continued the formula of what Vince has done. Uh, and uh, the Vince is never going to let an outsider win. And I, 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 I go back to thinking about Sting. Whenever Sting did his WrestleMania match, like yeah. why? What? There, Sting shouldn't have lost that one. And but you know Vince McMahon's got to have that victory lap. I, I don't think Cody's ever going to hold that title. I well, see. Here's here's the thing though: is that Cody necessarily? I mean, yeah, Cody left for a bit and went to Japan and started another company, but then he came back. So it's like Cody's not an outsider. He's an OVW trainee during the WWE farm team, and then he was a WWE boy for a long time. Okay, Zack Ryder. WWE tells tells everybody to start getting over on their own. Zack Ryder does that. WWE don't like that. So Zack Ryder doesn't get pushed. Damian Sandow the same way. You know, I mean, I'm talking about lower guys. Right now. Yeah, LA Knight right now. Like they, LA Knight went through two name changes that were both stupid. I'm sorry, LA Knight's a stupid name. You know, there's no reason he shouldn't be still be Eli Drake right now. Especially, you know, yeah, he he just yeah. He he made the smart the ultimate smart call in the long run by not wrestling Tessa Blanchard, and that was why he got you know released from Impact. Not because of it, the the whole intergender wrestling thing, but because of what we know about Tessa Blanchard now. Yeah, uh, and not a nice lady. Yeah, not a nice lady, and uh, you know I don't even know why if that was why he didn't wrestle her or whatever. But anyway, yeah, it's you know she's she's had a lot of issues and just a lot of rubbing of elbows and going to business for herself. And yeah, whatever the whatever outside of drug abuse, uh, whatever kind of bad habits you can have in wrestling to basically alienate yourself from the rest of the locker room. She has done. Yeah. But, but yeah, we're t- but yeah, Tessa Blanchard was not with his wrestle base. So we're talking about Cody taking, taking the L to, oh, right. yeah. And, the, and even some of the stuff with the matches, like I could even kind of get behind cause it was still part of the other story. You also, even though you got the Roman and Cody story, 
you've still got the Usos and Sammy and Kevin. So there's still, even though you got the resolution of them, Sammy and Kevin winning the titles on night one, yep. you know, them coming uh, coming in and helping, you know, with that final bit of the chapter, having the stories intercede, that was even fun. Like, I could even get behind that. They they saved Cody on that one. But the, the just, yeah, the Vince yep. finish. Uh, and Kevin Riedel brings a really good point here, uh, talking about uh, the next night on Raw. Uh, as well, did WWE do enough to establish that Cody Rhodes is a loser? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I didn't even watch Raw like live. You know, I went back and caught the highlights, and yeah, it's the show for Raw was so bad after Mania because usually, like you know, for those who don't know, don't normally follow. Usually, the Raw after WrestleMania is a really hot show. The crowd is a lot of the crowd still in town for WrestleMania because usually it's held in the same city in a smaller venue but you get a lot of the same crowd so you get a lot of international crowd a lot of singing a lot of you know chanting of stuff big fun crowd you usually get some returns from people who've been away right or you get some surprises or whatever else we got one return by matt riddle he had giraffes flying out of his butt yeah and, and i love matt riddle i don't i, I i'm a matt riddle fan he he He's in my heart, but I didn't care that he came back. Like, I honestly didn't even realize he was gone. Well, he was gone. He, A, had an injury, and B, had a very nasty divorce uh, with his wife because he was cheating on her with a porn star that he was involved with. And so there's a lot of, like, just a lot of backstage drama going on and whatnot. So he was off TV for a while, but it's like, while he's a talented wrestler and he's you know legit you know you know you know UFC kind of style grappler and stuff like that, the whole dude bro, <laughs> mm. just that every time he opens, it's like the Miz. Every time he opens his mouth, I want my fist to go in there. So, <laughs> That's just, fair. Just to shut yeah. up. Just there you go, right in there. It's here. I find it weirdly endearing. So I don't know. I like. I just like that he's kind of oddly abrasive. But yeah. Oh, and, and Kevin has a follow-up question here. Uh, do you guys think that Brock is still beating up Cody right now? <laughs> I, if, if SmackDown opens tonight and Brock is still beating up on Cody Rhodes, that would be hilarious. Brock is in the middle of the ring and he's got Cody by the ankles with one hand doing the, the Hulk Loki thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's how SmackDown opens tonight. And Cody's just ragdoll. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> hey, they don't call him the vanilla gorilla for nothing. Oh my god! And, see, and so we gotta find out the why. You know, it's like okay, and so that was it was perfect. That, okay, they're set up this tag match, and as partners, Brock, we know Brock. You know, lost to Ro, uh, Ro, 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 take two, lost to Roman Reigns at what SummerSlam last year. You're so right. That, yeah, and so basically when he lost. He lost his shot to ever wrestle Roman Reigns for the Universal WWE Championship ever again. And so that was the perfect guy because he didn't have anything to lose. And then he goes and destroys Cody before the match even starts. Like, why? It's he been... was a face, like, literally yesterday. And now you do a heel turn on him to beat up Cody. It wasn't like he beat up Cody and Roman and Solo. No, it's just Cody and Roman and Solo like, uh, gotta go. And yeah. Just step out of the ring. It's like, what, what, what's going on? And and I I'm gonna say like I, I love Cody. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. 
and he can say that this was all you know planned out for forever but it is just way too calculated you know the only reason this didn't happen already was because cody you know did the nasty thing to his shoulder and was out for so yeah, long the, the, the muscle. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the timing here like th- this is sent in a message is <laughs> you know and it just and and even segueing into this like is anybody surprised that vince mcmahon is back really like yeah, it's this. This is exact. Yeah, we, we all knew he was coming back. It was, yeah, it was. It was just a matter of time. Um, and of course, now with this, you know, WWE now being sold uh, to Endeavor for nine billion—that's with a B billion yeah. dollars. Holy cow! Yeah, and now. Dang. Yeah, I, I number one. I, I never thought I'd see the day that they were sold. Uh, I, I always thought that it would stay in McMahon's family until he died. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is that you know, one thing that still sticks with me is that when Vince got out or when Vince stepped down the first time, and then you know talking about everybody, you know talking about Triple H being solely the the head of creative, and my mom going, "Do we really believe that Vince isn't listening or it doesn't have you know word to his son in law?" You know, like she never bought that Vince was gone, and I'm 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 kind of. I'm, yeah, he just took a little vacation. He, and, he, well, he, he took a vacation apparently to uh, get this look. <laughs> this is uh, during an uh, interview a few days ago on CNBC. Um, and um, yeah, Vince is 78 years old. The last time we saw him on camera, he had gray hair and no facial hair. And his face did not look like it matched the UFC logo next to him. <laughs> also, and here's here's a here's a little before and after. If you notice, the expression with his eyes will do one thing, and his forehead stays the same. See? Yeah. See? I'm surprised. Forehead's the same. He's serious now. Forehead's the same. So we've had a little Botox. Yeah. Ourselves with beet juice, apparently, because he's got some full chubby cheeks there and the red face, but that stash. Well, I'm wondering why does he think that that looks good? Because. I mean, he he looks like Creed Bratton in that episode of The Office where he was scared about getting fired, so he takes like toner from the copier and dyes his hair and starts walking around saying he's 30 years old. Yeah. That's that's this. You know, to me, he also kind of looks like he's cosplaying as Luis Guzman playing Gomez Adams mm-hmm. in the Wednesday series. Yeah. Or, or here we go. It, it's, Kevin says a Scooby-Doo villain Vince. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. <laughs> I would have got for it, too. It hadn't been for you, Snoopy. Wait, wait, wait. That, that, would, that would really work, too, though, if like someone would pull like his, his mask off and it's really Eric Bischoff under it or something. <laughs> Or, or where's Vince Russo? Oh, my God. The other yeah. most vilified Vince in wrestling. Oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, it just it blows me away for a guy who, like, personally, Vince McMahon, like, hates facial hair, doesn't do that. Like, he would carry around an electric razor in his briefcase, and his briefcase never left him. Right. So he would, like, when that 5 o'clock shadow came in, he's busting that off. You know, and this is a guy who doesn't like people to sneeze in his presence. Uh, he doesn't eat around others. He will sit and watch people eat, and then when they're done eating, then he will eat, or he will eat, and then people will watch him eat, vice versa. 
He's a guy with a lot of quirks here, and suddenly coming in with this like you know wish John Waters mustache here is just. Now, now, don't forget either, though, that when reports of him being at uh, that Monday night is seen as Monday Night Raw, mm-hmm. he had the mustache and he was also blonde. See, I heard something about the blonde hair thing. I, I guess, yeah. I, I don't know if maybe that was... Let's get that off there. Uh, I, I, do, I don't know if maybe that was like, you know, transitioning from the gray to the black. I don't know, but... Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I, I'm not, I don't know that much about hair dye, but yeah, you're right. I thought, yeah, they'd have to strip the color out of it first, and it, because it might attach better to blonde or something. If I'm maybe yeah. remembering, yeah, I don't know, that's, but yeah, that's weird. Maybe um, he really wanted to try and be Cody for a minute, and if he realized that he couldn't be Cody, that he would just squash him. Anti Cody. <laughs> <laughs> also, too. Vince is now his voice has now become a mumbling low growl. That's why I'm doing the voice here. Like, but yeah, Vin, like Vince has totally blown out his vocal cords over the years. Um, but yeah, it's like you know, but he's you know been reinstated as an employee of the company. He's got a new two year deal uh, where he's basically in charge of creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, but he says he's in charge of the bigger picture stuff, not the day to day. So right. I guess Hunter, I guess you know Triple H gets all the crap, and he gets to just basically book WrestleMania at the last minute. It's know? how he always does it. He always has to have a whipping boy. How many times has Bruce Pritchard been fired and hired? No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what? Person, I'm surprised that it's still. I'm still like, as far as I know, is still employed with the WWE. Is Michael Hayes? Oh, I know. Yeah, how like Michael Hayes still. Get, I mean. Well, if yeah. ever, from everything I heard, he was like, you know, it, it, Vince, Johnny Ace, and Michael Hayes. Like, they were, you know, they were the three dudes, like, for this current thing. And then, you know, Michael Hayes, I've not heard anything about, you know, Michael Hayes, you know, I haven't heard anything about him leaving or, you know, not no, being there. there but there's been times where Michael Hayes has gotten in trouble with stuff he says backstage, but, you know, he'll just, you know, you know, yeah. some, you, know drop, you know, drop some, you know, lewd comments or maybe a racial epithet here and there, but to go, right. but that's only because Michael Hayes thinks he's black, not because he's being a racist. Right. right yeah. Yeah. He's the whitest looking black man you'll ever see, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it is weird, but it's, yeah, he, he, he can strangely pull that off somehow, but yeah. He kind of can, but yeah, yeah. But, you know, just don't ask him to sing uh, the bad street USA theme song anymore. It's not as good as it was back in the 80s. <laughs> it works sometimes. Uh, we have a TV in our break room, and uh, it's connected to Wi-Fi. So uh, sometimes just to torture everyone, there's a channel that has Bad Street USA looping for like 24 solid hours. <laughs> so I'll just turn it on and like open the break room door. And then after about 10 minutes, like, my boss will start yelling at me. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Uh, and th- this whole Vince thing has, of course, brought a lot of memes. Uh, people are People are just going all over this here, but I had to bring up my favorite one here. Vince McMahon sells WWE after years of failing to obtain photos of Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's kind of got a Jay Jonah. He doesn't quite have the flat top that Jay Jonah's got, but he's definitely got the mustache. Going he there. could still play him in a movie, yeah. Can, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give me pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> 
I'm so hard to say some other uh, famous internet Vince quote, but we're a family show, and I can't yes, say it. Yeah, some children may watch this show or yeah. whatever else. So. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah. Well, let's break down a little bit of WrestleMania 39 here. Cause let's do there it. There was some excellent matches both nights. Mm-hmm. More so, I think, Saturday than Sunday. I agree. Um, yeah, Saturday was a little, a little lopsided with their quality here. Um, there was some stuff we wanted to be good on Sunday, and some was, some wasn't. But let's talk about Saturday here. So we got, of course, our, our first uh, kickoff match here, John Cena versus Austin Theory for the U.S. Championship. Which I'm this glad was on the opener. It, yeah. It, it's what we thought it was going to be. You know, Theory went over. He went over, you know, dirty. Um, because he's a bad guy, he should go over that way. Cena's the big star, so kick off the match. You got a bunch of Make a Wish kids coming out with him. They get to have a big spotlight for WrestleMania in front of all those thousands of people. It got it, things got kicked off to a good start, right? I think there. So, um, of course, this is not in order of uh, how they presented here. You had the four way tag team extravaganza, um, which that was. <sighs> They had some fun spots in it. Yeah, you know, it was big fun, chaotic sort of mess. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't one of those sh- one of the matches. I actually no. I, I I'm sitting here going, like I you know like I was bored with it. But no, I remember watching it and I was it, I was actually really impressed with it. It was pretty good. Um, yeah. the, the this is not of course like I say in order here, but uh, a definite highlight: Rey Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> That, that was, yeah, I got a little more invested into that story as it went on than I thought I was going to, to be honest. And yeah, yeah it's great father versus son match there. The sons become a little, you know, butthole, um, <laughs> you know, very dirty kind of, you know, chicken shit heel. Just really, really good at that. Uh, you know, got the kind of whole family involved. Uh, <laughs> I like there was almost kind of another look, a little MJF kind of reference because. In MJF's last title defense, he threw a drink on a kid. Of course, he got in trouble for it. Right. Uh, in the backstage, and they had to basically make nice with the kid, and you know, meet him, let him meet all his favorite wrestlers, and apologize thoroughly to mom and the child. Whereas Dominic Mysterio throws a drink on his own sister, and it's part of the show. But again, it was kind of a nice, funny moment. Like, yeah. You know, I didn't put that moment. correlation together, but you're right. Yeah. As soon as I saw the drink, it was like, oh, they're pulling an MJF here. Yeah. yeah. I, I especially love the little bits they added to it, like during the Hall of Fame ceremony, yeah. like where uh, where Rhea and Dominic were sitting next to each other. And then Ray comes out and starts to, you know, glad hand with the, everyone around Dominic, but not Dominic. And then them and getting up and yeah, yeah, that was fantastic. I thought, I thought that was fantastic. And then Conan's speech, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know what? If you want to get inducted to a Hall of Fame, uh, get Conan. Right. Speech. Good God. That yeah. Was, I mean, his his speech to induct Ray was better than Ray's own speech. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Oh man, yeah, that was just epic. Um. Yeah, so again, Ray had a big night. Uh, the entrance was also a lot of fun because, of course, Dominic comes out and looking like Hannibal Lecter. He's in like the prison police van, all yeah. locked up. He's got armed policemen carrying him. He looks like he's in like a bodysuit thing, and he comes out wearing a lucha mask and takes that off. See, he has no. That was the mask that he stole from Ray on SmackDown. Right. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. But, you know, nonetheless, he's got all this thing going on here. 
And then Ray says, hold my beer. And comes out in a beautiful, what looked like a dreamsicle on wheels. But is this beautiful orange Impala. I don't know what that kind of car was, but just yeah, beautiful car driven by Snoop Dogg. And first, you know, uh, was it like gin and juice or something like that starts playing, you know, a little bit, you know, while Snoop's yeah. coming out. And then it transitions into Eddie Guerrero's music, Latino Heat. And then, you know, Ray starts doing a lot of, you know, Eddie's movements, you know, do the shoulder shake and stuff like that, you know. So doing a lot of, you know, you know, little little repping for the you know, Latino fans out there, and right. then he goes into his own theme music. So you know, it's like, it's like three part transition of theme music for this big entrance he had there. So yeah, it was tight. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty sweet. Yeah, then um, and again, I, I still want to point out that I love Dominic whole leading into the whole like I've been in prison thing when he was in like county lockup for two hours and <laughs> just <laughs> that being yeah, I just I just love that being part of the joke. <laughs> and that first night that he came back from supposedly being in prison, the promo he's doing, and it's like somebody's an office fan somewhere. Because granted, the, the Judgment Day, there's colors are purple and black. But right. Dominic comes out wearing a purple bandana like Prison Mike did. And then basically Corey <laughs> Graves on commentary is literally making as many Prison Mike references as he can make in that promo. <laughs> So he's talking about gruel omelets. He's talking about the dementors are the worst thing about prison, you know. And you know, you know, he's you know, you know, they suck your soul out in the heights, you know. And, yeah. you know, and you know, all this stuff. It's like it was just like, wow, this is great, right? Uh, but yeah, so that just the whole Dominic and like he wasn't even in prison. Like even in the storyline, he was like literally in the county lockup for two hours. Right. You know, it's like he's probably yeah. sitting alone on a bench in a room with a bars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. They might have brought him a soda at some point. Yeah. yeah I yeah. guarantee he got a soda. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Next one here, we're going to start from the bottom of the card here. Uh, Seth freaking Rollins, which I, I can't stand this gimmick for Seth Rollins right now. Yeah. It's, it's, I like Seth Rollins, but I don't like the gimmick. Yeah. I, I, I agree. He's a fantastic athlete, but I just he's trying too hard to be like superstar Billy Graham, and he's not. So yeah. Now Logan Paul, though I'm I'm really kind of enjoying him being in WWE. I can't believe I, I'm saying it, but yeah, 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 yeah. I mean the kid, he's working his butt off. He's definitely athletic. He's taking it seriously. He's training him just like Bad Bunny. Yeah, it's the same way. You know, one of the biggest music stars in the world right now, and he's getting involved with wrestling, and he's actually good. Yeah, you know, he's he's still a little greener. Logan Paul's got a little more in ring experience right now than Bad Bunny. Like this is like what Logan's like fourth or fifth match. Yeah, so, something like that. Because yeah, I don't think he's made it off of one hand yet. <laughs> the yeah. number of times you, or the number of matches you can count. Yeah, but nonetheless, like he's showing us something every time he's doing it. He's great at being the snotty heel. You love to hate him. Uh, you know, with like, was it last year's WrestleMania? He comes out wearing a million dollar Pokemon card around his neck. Like, yeah. you're, you're a grown ass man. What do you wear a Pokemon card, man? It's like, I don't care what costs a million dollars. I did. I love that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but nonetheless, but my favorite was 
course, like, this was the Shawn Michaels appreciation match, apparently, because, you know, uh, Logan comes down ziplining, and of course, Tula is like, my dad bought me this zipline for my birthday. Isn't it cool? And then comes ziplining down the ring like Shawn Michaels did at WrestleMania 14 when he won the title. Right. And then Seth Rollins comes out in... Basically, he kind of like stripped off half his ring gear because he's wearing this like very elaborate coat and he takes that off and he's wearing this getup that looks very much like a hot pink version of what Shawn Michaels would normally wear to the ring as his entrance gear to take it off before you get to the pants and do the thing there. So everybody loves Shawn Michaels. Yeah. We're saying in this match, which great. You know, we, we all love Shawn, but come on. Right. You know. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, yeah, and, and my, I love this too because we get some interference from Logan Paul's buddy uh, KRS or whoever, whatever his name is. Um, yeah, I don't know who this dude is. I barely know who Logan Paul is, so I don't yeah. know who this guy. Is. Like, hey, it's his friend. Blue. I I, th- I think he plays some kind of sport because the. I think he's another fighter too, or something like that. I think somebody said that he's. You know, I looked him up. Like he's another. You know, YouTube, you know, guy. He's done some like amateur stuff. You know, Wait, I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking of Pat McAfee's buddy that came out with him on night two. No, that was, yeah, the, the Pat McAfee's buddy. That's another football player. Yeah, yeah, that that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Does he play for Tampa Bay now, or I can't remember who they said he played for. But anyway, but I don't know. If I'm here. sorry, I really have to let Moxley out. He is he's going nuts. Hang on oh, one yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah, go let him out. Uh, but yeah, I. <laughs> But nonetheless, we get a guy we don't know helping out Logan Paul and, you know, a lot of interference. But again, we get some good spots. We get some athletic stuff going on here. We get people going through tables. But this was basically just kind of a, you know, a fun little celebrity showcase match here. But, you know, nonetheless here, and of course, I brought up Bad Bunny earlier. He actually did get involved in the Rey Mysterio Dominic Mysterio match because he was sitting on commentary at the Spanish announce table. So uh, basically he, the only thing he got involved with is uh, preventing some cheating that was going to happen. So basically bad money, like somebody's going to use a chain or illegal weapon or something like that. And bad money grabs the chain prevents him from doing it. Um, yeah. I mentioned, I forgot this mention that bad money got involved in the Rey Mysterio match. Well. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And then of course, then the next night on raw bad money is once again at ringside and gets, you know, Beaten to death by uh, Dominic uh, for, by Damian Priest, so that was fun. Right, uh, but I mean, their their next event is taking place in Puerto Rico. Bad Bunny is going to be the host for it, so I got a feeling he's going to have a match with probably Dominic or something along those lines. So yeah, yeah, I read something along that. I think that was part of the plan because this is like the one of the first shows WWE's done Puerto Rico in forever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. is yeah. So and of course you know with Bad Bunny being involved with it, he's you know. He's a proud Puerto Rican himself there. So, yeah, it all, it's, it's going to click. So, yeah, it should be a big time there. Uh, our next match is our first women's match for uh, uh, WrestleMania Saturday. And that's the, the six-woman tag of Becky Lynch, Lita, and Trish Stratus. Basically, you know, a very top star and two legends versus Damage Control, which is basically made up of Becky, or not Becky, uh, uh, Bailey. Bailey, and then, yeah. And then... Uh, Dakota Kai and uh, yeah, I can't call her. I can't call her EO. Or I can't call her Sky. It's like uh, she'll still be Shirai to me. I don't know why, but it's just, yeah. It, I hate it when they slightly change the names because the new name never sticks with me. I know. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, I'm still gonna call uh, Gunther Walter. So mm-hmm. 
Walter's a better name than Gunther. And Pete Dunn's still going to be Pete Dunn to me. He's not going to be ever be Butch. Apparently, Pete Dunn's going to get to be Pete Dunn by the end of the year. I read some reports that they're going to basically move him back to that name. Like, why make the big deal to start calling Pete Dunn again? Right. Yeah. Always Pete Dunn. Yeah, we we don't need some kind of in in story in universe storyline explanation as to why we started calling him Pete Dunn again. He got hit in the head. He's no longer Butch. He's now as you know back to his persona. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Just call him Pete. Matt Riddle got his last name back, you know, on Monday without any. Or I'm sorry, his first name back. He was. Riddle oh yeah, he was Riddle. He, yeah, and now he's Matt Riddle again. So it's like, okay, so just just stop calling Butch. Yeah. Nonetheless, um, this was a go to the bathroom uh, match here, which I mean, it's you know who's going to win. You got you know the women. You got basically a, a multi-time former women's champion and Becky Lynch, very popular star, and two legends in Lita and Trish Stratus. Right. So really, the only thing worth watching this for, to be quite honest and frank, is the fact that Trish Stratus's push-up brawl was defining the laws of gravity. <laughs> and, I swear to God, I thought we were going to have a wardrobe malfunction somewhere in that match because it, it, it was, I, I think she was wearing like a sports bra and then like she did like a push-up thing too, but like things like, back in the day, Trish did that a lot and it looked great. This yeah. time, it looked awkward. Like She looked like a Rob Liefeld drawing. Well, basically, Michelle was watching and I'm like, I was like, Take a look at Trish and tell me what you see. She's like, oh, that's not good. Like, see, it's like this is not from a guy looking at boobs sort of thing like that. This is like a fashion perspective here. Right. She's like, things are too squished and whatever. It's like, it doesn't look good. And Trish's body is fantastic. She's a yoga instructor. So it's like, she's looking amazing. Actually, she probably looks more amazing than she did in the 90s. You know, so it's not like she's out of shape or, you know, gravity has taken hold of her body or anything like that. It's just, that wasn't. I wasn't good. Right. I, I, was, I was I was more distracted by that. So anywho. Um before we get to the main event, we gotta talk about the match of the night, and frankly, arguably the match of WrestleMania itself, Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Now you think that it was the match of WrestleMania? I it was pretty close. It, I mean it's arguably one of the top three. Oh, I, I, I would guarantee. Yeah, I totally agree but, there. But, I, but I would say, you know, you could. I would settle for two, but I could definitely argue for that it was the top match, just because of the the quality of it, the hard hitting nature. There was no stupid things in the match. You had two excellent performers at the top of their game, and it went the way it was supposed to go, and everybody went home happy. I, and Charlotte is taking some more time off and go travel with Andrade. Yeah. And may, maybe it's because I'm not the biggest Charlotte fan in the world. Like, I, I just, I don't like her. I, it's never clicked. Like, she always seems like kind of weird and awkward and gangly to me to, to watch wrestling. And I know that's really weird for me to criticize someone else's wrestling. <laughs> you know, it's like, it'd be, you know, being unable to do what she does. But I don't know, you know, we're. Well, you can't you know, bend over backwards like she does for the figure eight. So that that is true. Really but your, your only drawback, really. Yeah, yeah. But it was, I mean, it was a, it was a great match. Don't get me wrong, but it was just it yeah, wasn't as good as the main event. I don't think. But uh, but oh yeah, I mean the, the main event for for WrestleMania for Saturday was tremendous. Here you get the Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for the Universal Tag Team Championships, or the, actually the United Tag Team Championships for both brands. 
yeah, an excellent match there. Again, <clears throat> lots of uh, you know interference, lots of you know false finishes, big spots like that. Uh, but again, yeah, it, it, it went the way with one or two. Sammy and Kevin took the belts off the Usos, which the Usos at this time are the longest reigning tag team championships in WWE history. Period. Right. Um, yeah. So it, it went the way we wanted it to. Everybody went home happy Saturday night. Uh, I think. <laughs> I mean, I, I was very pleased. With, I remember I had that hope that that you know WWE was going to be great again. You know, I was going to watch. I was already planning on watching Monday Night Raw Saturday or Saturday after the show ended, and mm-hmm. well, then Sunday. And then Sunday. Yeah. So let's start. First match was Brock Lesnar versus Omos. Garbage. It was a less than five minute match. Uh, you got to see Omos throw Brock Lesnar around a couple of times. Then basically you got to see Brock throw Omos around a couple of times. And one, two, three, Brock wins. Hooray. Yeah. And it was, and it's really sad to me because Brock's becoming interesting now. That you know he's not with Paul Heyman. He's kind of just being you know the weird you know roguish element. And you know we're, we're seeing more of the real Brock Lesnar, which apparently Brock Lesnar is a giant redneck. Yeah, which I'm fine with. You know, that's what he wants to be. That's fine. You know, I just, I wish that, you know, I I feel like, you know, I get about as excited for his matches as I get excited for Goldberg matches or, you know, my morning constitutional before a shower. It's the same, you know, feeling. It's the same well, level, yeah. Yeah. Probably I enjoy that more because it's a relief after, well, when yeah, it's done, it's really, yeah. You, you get a good point there, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah I'm, I'm the same way. Does, Brock doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, um, you know he's the, you know the way he's always booked. He's always going to be the beast. He's always going to be this and this and this. Um, yeah. When he gets beat, the crowd goes nuts because we're tired of seeing him win all the time. Right. So yeah, um, it's not an attraction to me anymore. Like yeah. I yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's the 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 bloom is well off the rose. Right. Next match is the women's tag team extravaganza. This was a bathroom break. Yep. The crowd yep. went mild. The crowd definitely went mild. No one cared. Um, the first really good match of Sunday is the triple threat for the Intercontinental Championship featuring Gunther, who is the champion currently and retained, mm-hmm. uh, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. Yeah, that match was yeah, that match was really good. It actually, you know, the audience had a nice nap through the first two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, they were a little more into this one too. They were well rested, yeah. Yeah. This basically was like the sequel to Gunther and Sheamus at Clash the Castle earlier in the year. Right. Um, because that was a hard-hitting smash mouth. Two big dudes just smacking the crap out of each other. You know, I mean, like, to get legitimate blood being drawn on the chest from chops. Yeah. That's the kind that of was... we're talking about. That's the kind of stuff that gets to like I've seen, you know, the horrible ECW style, you know, mutilations and stuff. For some reason, it is like just the slaps. Like I feel it, you know, whatever they do. I it just the the yeah, yeah. yeah that's the. This is a very pale dude anyway. So anytime you start getting him, he starts getting smacked around. You see it on his chest all over the place. Right. But, I mean, he and Drew and even Gunther, all three of them. You know, yeah. they got some blood drawn on their chest because they were just hitting each other so hard. Um, yeah. But yeah, just great. I mean, just a great old school smash mouth. Just three dudes just beating the crap out of each other. Nothing stupid. 
No false, you know, you don't get a lot of drama and everything. This is, it was a very clear, definitive winner. Uh, you got some drama between Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. I don't know if they're going to turn one of those guys heel and have them have a program against each other eventually. But they're they're doing something where eventually the friends are going to be split in some way, shape, or form. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, this for me, this was definitely, pri- arguably, this was my favorite match of the night. Uh, because I was looking so forward to Roman and Cody, and then how it ended, you know, basically killed the match for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would agree that, that it, we are in agreement there, that that is the high point of the night. Uh, I wouldn't, yeah, the because it was after the Gunther and Sheamus, then we had uh, Edge and Ballard, didn't we, or was it? No, we Bianca. had uh, Bianca and Asuka. Okay. Um, which, you know, Nothing against these two competitors. I, you know, Bianca's a great, you know, competitor, very strong. You know, kids love her. She's very popular right now. Oscar's a badass. But I love Oscar. Yeah. They didn't do as good of a job building this match as they did Rhea and Charlotte. Yeah. So when we get to this match, I didn't care. Yeah, I didn't care, and Bianca's hair still pisses me off. I hate it. I know it's her gimmick, but I, I wonder when she would use it as a weapon. Yeah, like back in NXT, where she would like whip people with it. That was kind of yeah. cool. No one ever saw that before. But what annoys me, and I've heard other people complain about this too, is the entrances that wrestlers have. You know, it's all like a video game. You all have to do these poses and movements and whatever else. It used to be back in the day, like if you were having a grudge match with somebody and you were doing your entrance, sometimes you didn't pose. You just went straight to the ring and went straight to ass kicking. Yeah, yeah, that is true. And, and like in. Bianca Belair, bless her heart, she's gonna be swinging that hair around. <laughs> like her mother, her mother just died. Her cat got run over, and all the babies in the world were, you know, blown up. Yeah, she's, she's still got to swing that hair. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, which actually does say something because I, you know, I got that new WWE game, and just mm-hmm. some, some of the entrances, like, you know, they're so like the the. I was thinking the game is so good that I couldn't tell that the entrances weren't video. But then it's like, well, yeah, no, it's like you're right though. It's like it is the same entrance. It's a video game. They hit the same spots, you know, every single time. Yeah. Did did they get the video mapping better on Bianca's hair? Because I remember in the WWE 2K23, she does that entrance, but like her hair whip looks really weird because they couldn't get the video mapping good on her hair tail. Yeah, I I don't know on her. I have not had a match. I've I've never picked a play as her and I've never had a match against her. Like ever like no, I, I, sometimes I, I, it'll I, throw you yeah, yeah but I'll have, have to check on that. On her. <laughs> uh but yeah, but the next match or second to last match is Edge versus Finn Balor in the Hell in the Cell. Um this started out well. Um, yeah. And then they had to get Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 yeah. Because well, first off, um, for years, the original Hell in a Cell was a steel cage with a top on it. So it was a metal gray cage with chain link fence. And then somewhere along the lines, we went to the preschool red. And so this basically looked like it was sponsored by Fisher Price. Yeah. You know, replacing the old school blue cage back in the 80s. I and loved the blue like, cage in the 80s. Well, no, okay. The, the, hang on. There is... One di- or there is a couple of differences though. What you're talking about with the blue cage, that was the one. It went flush up against the ring posts. Yeah. Now the hell in the cell has always had that little bit of space on the floor oh, that sure, we, when yeah. it was chain link. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. But yeah. I'm talking about, like, like the color of it, 
like basically for a while hell in a cell for a number of years the cage was red oh yeah again like it was sponsored by fisher price right yeah that one always bothered me too because you could even see the 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 hand holds that they had cut out into the into the chain link that you know so somebody's climbing the cell you know you knew that you know you couldn't really tell it when it was just you know regular you know uh regular chain link yeah yeah just regular chain link galvanized metal yeah yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we get some elaborate entrances here. Uh, Edge comes out, and he's basically doing a bit of a throwback to his old '90s days of the Brood, where he does the fire ring and comes up through the floor and to like, to rain and blood. Yeah. Yeah. To coming out to Slayer, which if you ever thought you were going to hear a Slayer song at WrestleMania, you can check that one off your bingo card. Folks. Right. <laughs> because that was. Bad. I mean, like Metal Edge. I saw an article online the next day. It's like Edge comes out to the most metal wrestling entrance ever. I'm like, he damn right. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like the whole like he wearing like the mirror skull mask and everything like that. Oh yeah. Like, he just, just look. Yeah, that was just killer. I was almost sad whenever they cut to his actual entrance music <laughs> during yeah, that whole yeah. thing. Like, just keep the Slayer going. You know? Yeah. So we, I mean, nothing against uh, uh, Alter Bridge. Yeah, Alter Bridge. Yeah. Yeah, Metalingus. Yeah, yeah. I, I love Miles Kennedy. That dude can sing. Oh, yeah. So, um, but anyway, but then we get to Finn Balor's entrance. And as we, they didn't set this up during the, you know, kind of like dur- during the whole build up to the match. But then we find out the day of that Finn Balor is bringing out his demon persona. Right. And if you're unfamiliar with this, uh, when he was in New Japan before he got into NXT and the WWE, uh, he basically got into the whole like body painting thing here, looking very kind of like venom like. Uh, he would change it up for depending on be. yeah, because he he like you look it up like if you're inclined because there's great pictures of it. But yeah, when it, Prince okay. Devitt, yeah, is what you're looking up because that was his name in New Japan. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he would have the venom thing, and then like Carnage was another one. Anti venom. Uh, yeah and i mean like super cool like looking like you know where it's kind of got where the demon has his mouth like painted onto the chest so you know it like looks you know like he's got this huge open gnarly maw from an angle you know it's a lot of faces coming up from the like where the 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 tongue should be yeah that's yeah it's just it's it's extremely awesome elaborate body painting that he does right whereas like some other like you know fringy stuff you know to the ring and all kind of jazz like that and then gets rid of it all so he's just basically the body paint there but yeah when he does the demon demon persona it does bring a little something out of him frankly makes you know a good wrestler even more interesting because he kind of brings out the brutality a bit more right almost like playing a different character um, things were going well in the match. We're bringing out a lot of furniture, a lot of chairs and tables and ladders and all that kind of jazz. And then Edge goes and throws a ladder at Finn Balor. And I don't know if this was a botched spot, if Finn was supposed to catch it a different way, but basically Finn puts his arms up to block the ladder. Unfortunately, his arms go through the ladder. Yeah. The ladder basically causes a huge gash that goes from, like, the top of his skull all the way back. Um, and that's why they stopped the match briefly. Yeah, that was why Edge kept pulling stuff out. Then you were wondering why they had color-coded kendo sticks. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah which was a good question. Yeah. The kendo sticks were blue, the tables were uh, purple, and the chairs were red. Yeah, like, it was weird. Why, why did... But, yeah, but apparently, like, Finn was getting some staples at ringside. 
to keep the wound closed and so he could finish the match and then get treated afterwards. So kudos to him for doing that. Cause that was literally like a few minutes into the match and they went another yeah. like 10 minutes afterwards. Yeah. I thought that, yeah, I thought the match was over at that point because it was just taking so long and you know that whenever they don't show, you know, whoever it is, like, it's you know, yeah, it's yeah. And then, yeah. Cause Oh man, we didn't even talk about Shane McMahon. We haven't got to that yet. Yes. Oh yeah. We, 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 we'll, we'll get to that in a second here. Um, but yeah, so but we get you know Edge does go over, so Edge wins the grudge match. But yeah, but yeah, go check out social media if you are inclined to see Finn Balor's head because yeah, bless his heart, man, that dude had a giant gash in his head there. But yeah, so both nights of WrestleMania, uh, Snoop Dogg and The Miz are the hosts of WrestleMania. Right. So Saturday, you know, Miz comes out and he and Snoop Dogg are kind of talking some trash to each other, a little play in the ring. And Miz says something about, oh, you know, he usually gets, like, beat in the ring by somebody. Or somebody comes out, always beats him up or whatever else. And then cue Pat McAfee coming out. Now, if you're not familiar with Pat McAfee, of course, you know, you know him from NFL, uh, being a, you know, podcaster, commentator, whatever else. He's also dipped his hand in the wrestling world himself. Buddy, baby. And is actually, again, good. He's a much better uh, presence on the mic than he is in the ring. But he's not mattering yeah. either. No, he's definitely yeah. He's he's put in the work to to be pretty good, or to be skills, pre- yeah. Yeah, his mic skills are par excellence. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's gonna he's if he keeps it up, he's gonna go down with some of the classic mic guys. Yeah. Um. I think. But uh, so Pat McAfee comes out, and that's when his other football buddy also comes out to help out, and so Miz gets beaten up by Pat McAfee in an unscheduled match. Crowd goes wild. Everybody has fun. Right. Night two, same scenario. Miz is complaining about getting beaten up. Snoop Dogg's like, well, I got another surprise for you. And then here comes Shane McMahon, who we've not seen in well over a year. Yeah, I believe what. He got fired at last year's Royal Rumble. Right, because uh, (laughs) because apparently he was such a jerk backstage and screwed everything up. And then uh, he was supposed to go out. Before or after Randy Orton, and they started playing Shane's music, and Randy Orton told him to go f himself. He's not going out to <laughs> Shane's music. <laughs> yeah, and so it's yeah, it, it was it was a thing. So Shane comes out, and much to the delight of you know the fans, and then you see him like. Yeah, he's uh, gassed before. Now, now the ramp to the ring is long at WrestleMania. Like it is, yeah, three uh, three hundred yards or three hundred feet, three hundred feet. I think it is. Yards would be gigantic. Yeah, three. Yeah, no, three hundred feet. Yeah. Nonetheless, he's coming out. He you know comes out and kind of you know does this little shuck and jive thing and you know throwing some ghost punches and you know very high energy sort of thing. But then yeah, when you get by the time he's to the ring, he's completely gassed. When you see a close up shot of him, he looks a little bloated. Like he's yeah. not quite in the best ring shape that he normally was in. So this is already not good. Again, we get another unscheduled match. We get a little bit of trade-off back and forth and some stuff here and there. And then basically Shane is, they're doing a basic kind of running the ropes trick. And Shane goes for a leapfrog. Like he's going to basically jump over Miz. Miz goes underneath. Very simple, basic move. Right. Shane comes down and then goes down and doesn't get back up. The man tore his quad. Yeah. And then the Miz is terrified because he has no idea what to do. You can tell. Like, he's trying to stall for time. And 
God bless him, Snoop Dogg, just the wrestling gods were with us that night because Snoop comes in for the audible and throws a beauty, almost looked like it was a stiff punch. Yeah, it was to Miz. And then Miz gets up again, and Snoop Dogg gives him another good one. This one looked a little more of a work punch, but nonetheless. And so Miz goes down, and then Snoop Dogg does one of the worst-looking uh, people's elbows, the move made famous by The Rock. Yeah. One of the worst-looking ones I've ever seen, but it was stiff. Like, he literally hit Miz with the elbow in the chest. You can hear, like, Miz, like, Ugh, you know, kind yeah. of like, really Yeah, I think... It. I think with the first punch, the Miz actually screwed up because he was supposed to stay down. Snoop Dogg realized that Snoop Dogg jumped to the end of the segment because he realized that what couldn't go on. So, you know, but the Miz wasn't quite dialed into that yet. And then he, that's when he got up for the second or got up and Snoop landed him out with the second punch to better get him in position too, I guess. Yeah. And then, you know, he, he does, but I mean, it's just like, it was beautiful because you could tell like they were totally making up as they went along. But it's like, man, yeah, off to Snoop, and then like in the 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 post uh, media scrum uh, after WrestleMania on Sunday, Triple H, you know, is like just praising Snoop Dogg. It's like, man, he had his instincts down. He knew something was up here, and he just came in for the audible, and it was just it worked. It was I mean, no. he, he he turned he turned poo poo into a poo poo platter. You know, I mean, it's like it was just great. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So hats off to Snoop Dogg. Man. Of course, you know Snoop's been a longtime wrestling fan anyway. He knows this stuff. Right. You know, in in some regard, whether or not he's a performer in the same regard as other wrestlers, he has some level of instincts and knows, you know, how to improvise. I'm sure he's right. had people doing crazy stuff, jumping on stage where he's trying to perform. He's got to improvise with that or whatever else, you know, you know, when you've been in a movie and you're trying to perform a song and, and naked Will Ferrell jumps on stage, <laughs> want to do Let's go streaking, you right. keep a straight face for that. There's going to be a couple of takes, you know? Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. But yeah. So, I guess we gotta get to the main event. Yeah, I mean, we already kind of kind of go over that one pretty good, but we we, we kind of have. I mean, it's like you know, everything looked great, everything was going great. You know, you get some infer- uh, interference by Solo Sokoa, so right? Gets kicked out by the referee, mm-hmm. and you get the Usos coming out later on, which we expected this, and then right. and Sammy come in for the come in and save the day, which yeah, and, and they go brawling off into the sunset. Yep, and so we get a lot of great false finishes, a lot of like two and three quarters of a second counts, you mm-hmm. know, all that great stuff. But the ref bumps, a couple of ref bumps, ref bumps, you know, all, all that sort of stuff. You know, false finishes, a couple of times where Cody should have won, but something else, all that sort of stuff. There, just great drama, great back and forth. Right. And then Solo comes back, and as soon as Solo comes back, he's. He's in the hood, so it's like, oh, I, you can't see me because I'm in a hoodie. Yeah. It wasn't before. And then he comes out and does the and spike to Cody, and I'm just like, oh, God, that's it. Yeah. That, that's but, just, they yeah. killed it. They just killed it. And that, yeah, that was why I keep going back to that was a Vince finish. You know, it, it was, really was. Couldn't possibly, was- yeah, give the fans what they actually wanted or, you know. Yeah, yeah. This was just so frustrating. What Cody won. You get this great match. You get this expectation. The fans are all behind it. We're expecting, and this thing is like, 
what would it have hurt? Because, I mean, Roman's talking about he wants to take some time off. Well, he right. can't take time off when he's currently the champion. You know, no. get that belt off him. Let him go home, see his baby. Let him go home, hang out with his wife, and get on the beach and have some great, you know, downtime because the man has earned it. Be a champion for three years plus. Right. But it's like, come on. Just drop the... Just do it. I, I, ripped, my, I ripped my earphone out of my head here. <laughs> oh, no. So, I'm so incensed about this. But, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. So... Yeah. And then we get the next night on Raw, which you think, okay. You know, Cody comes out with a promo at the top of the show, and he's challenging Roman for the belt for rematch. And they're like, no rematch. Yeah. You got to do a tag match. And then that's when we talk about we bring out Brock. And then like, okay, well, that's going to be kind of fun. And then Brock destroys him. And so like, so now, okay, so we don't have a contender anymore unless we're going to still do it with Cody later on. And he's got to get past Brock for whatever reason. Yeah, which doesn't. Yeah. they, They made it obvious that Brock was not in league with Roman and the bloodline. This was an independent action. So why? Right. We don't have a we don't have a good reason come to mind of why this is or why this story supposedly of why you know that's the explanation they were giving us in the post media scrums why they didn't pull the trigger with Cody. It's like oh we're still we're, we're telling a story here we're still telling a story. Well we're done with the story we're next yeah. we're ready to to close this book and open up a new book here and we should have closed the book with Cody win the belt. Right. Which. I just remember too. Triple H is supposed to open SmackDown tonight with yes. an announcement, yeah, which has probably already happened now. Because yeah, and, but, and, uh, of course, you know, speculation uh, for me was he was announcing a leave of absence. <laughs> <laughs> just He's like later, yo. Mister Mustache is here, folks. Yeah. Ready, to ru- ready to ruin the ratings once more. <laughs> You all like those 2.0 ratings, didn't you? Well, we're going back down to hash marks, folks. He's just in the middle of the rig, and he's got a boombox, say anything style, and it's playing don't know what you got till it's gone. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, he announces that Elias is going through a gimmick change, and Elias has a sister that wrestles. Her name is Ellie, but she's got a beard. And then we're going to have Elias in a dress. I, you know what? I would be okay with that for some reason. Just, just, just for the absurdity of it. Like, I, I kind of appreciate that. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. So, lots of stuff going on there with WWE. Um, yeah, and some other interesting stuff too. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this. There's, uh, of course, you know, during WrestleMania weekend, usually a lot of the other uh, promotions around the country will do big shows, and they try to sometimes do those shows around wherever WrestleMania is going to be or in the near vicinity or whatever those case may be. Or of course, a lot of times they do big fan fests too. You get a lot of like older wrestlers coming out, getting to meet and greet with the fans. Well, apparently right. we had an incident at WrestleCon uh, between uh, uh, Impact wrestler Giselle Shaw, who is transgender, and legendary wrestler Rick Steiner. Rick Steiner, yeah, I read about that. Number one, I had no idea that Giselle, Giselle Shaw was trans. Like, oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. never had any idea. But yeah, yep, sure. Is. So she, was, I mean, uh, you know, Nyla that's Nyla fine. Rose, you know, yeah, yeah. Nyla Rose gets the distinction of being the first transgender uh, women's wrestler, but Giselle Shaw is literally the number two. So yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah she she literally de- I think she debuted maybe like a month or so after Nyla debuted in AEW. Okay, so, 
But uh, yeah, I mean, you have Giselle's a beautiful woman, so you know, it's like it's kind of you're like, really, she's trans? Like, you know, it's like you can kind of see it a little bit with Nyla because you know she's you know a little bit thicker, you know, girl. She's got some more you know mass on her. But right. it's like, oh, okay. So, but yeah, nonetheless, uh, yeah, Giselle is just literally just walking by, not saying or doing anything, just walking past. We're in the vicinity of Rick's table, and for whatever reason, Rick just basically is just spewing out a bunch of hate, you know, stuff on her because she's trans. And you know she Giselle doesn't respond to it. She just keeps walking, keeps her head down. You know, just doesn't want, to, doesn't want to make a scene. But then formally complains about it to the convention, and the convention basically gets Rick aside and says, "Hey, let's talk about this." Oh, you did say those things. Cool. Um, we don't need the rest of the weekend. <laughs> yeah, they, they ejected his ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bye bye. We don't need that. Right. Uh, and then, inst- and then, of course, this was literally the same night as the Hall of Fame. So. Yeah. This incident happens, and then Rick apparently goes to the Hall of Fame. We see him on TV. He doesn't say it. He's just there in the crowd. But it's like, oh, so he's he's still in the Hall of Fame. I guess he didn't get, uh, you know, kicked out of everything just yet. But, yeah. Well, yeah. News probably hadn't hit yet. but <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what his politics are. I mean, we kind of know now. But um, I know he's apparently, like, on the school board of, like, wherever he lives and Apparently he's getting a little more radical in his later years, I guess. So his politics may go a little crazy. So, but uh, yeah, this that's disappointing to hear. The funny thing was, of if anybody, I would have expected that from Scott Steiner. Yeah, Scott is known to say a lot of things yeah, he, can be offensive or controversial or whatever nonsensical. Yeah, or nonsensical and. For it to come from Rick, who always seemed to be kind of, even though he's the dog-faced gremlin, you know, he yeah. always seemed to be the more sensible of the two in the real world. So it shocked me that it wasn't Scott that said Yeah, that. <laughs> and it's sad too. Like I, I really hate it when older people get like, no matter what side you fall on the politics side, but like whenever somebody like that like gets super radicalized, either one way or the other, and then, you know, it's just you know, it, it's a bummer, you know. Yeah, it like, is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You're, they're you know. They're your hero in some way, shape, or form if you're a fan of theirs. And to see them, you know, do, you know, crazy things or get into, you know, drugs, drug abuse or, you know, right. spousal abuse or whatever. I mean, it's like, you know, you know, I, you know, I, I tell people, it's like, I was a very big Chris Benoit fan. Right. You know? And then basically Chris Benoit does the, you know, the horrendous thing that he does to his family and then kills himself. And it's like good God, you can't be a Chris Benoit fan now. Because yeah. It's, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, I haven't got the beat yeah. at one point, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's like, yeah, it's creepy. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, that's, that's an unfortunate incident there. So uh, uh, hopefully Giselle's okay. And is, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's probably not the first time she's heard crap like that. But yeah, uh, you know, but... hopefully she's, uh, you know, moved on to okay. But she at least got a lot of support uh internally from a lot of fans from people who were present there from people within her own company because there, yeah. you know, there was a referee who witnessed the whole thing uh go down who works for impact so you know uh yeah i think maybe i'm not sure if there were the the referee was also uh lgbtq or what but apparently there was some stuff directed the, at them as well so oh, wow. whatever the case whatever the case may have been there was just a lot of just hate coming out of Rick, you know, at these two women here, or I'm not sure, like I said, I'm not sure who the referee is. So, was, you know, I don't want to yeah. misgender them, but right, nonetheless, yeah. but you know, yeah, it's just, yeah, just garbage. Yeah. So it's just, it's disappointing to see that. Yeah. But anyway, on a nicer level though, and let's get a little more local since we're talking wrestling here. 
We got to talk Derby City Wrestling. We do. Uh, can we make it kind of quick, though? Because I got to jump off here in a minute. The, the pups have been out for a little while. Yes, I know. I've realized we've gone an hour and a half now. So yeah. uh, thanks, folks, for sticking in. Who have. Yeah. The, the uh, extra supersized episode. Yeah, no kidding. Well, we had a lot of wrestling to talk about. Like we did, yeah, yeah. Uh, but nonetheless here, so Derby City Wrestling uh, is kind of the new kid on the block. Uh, this is kind of the, uh, an offshoot from Championship Wrestling uh, brand. Uh, but basically, we get a new wrestling company here in Louisville. They had their first uh, TV taping on March 26th, which mm-hmm. we both got to attend that. Uh, had a lot of fun. Was, you know, yeah. George got to work production. I actually just got to go as a fan. And uh, yeah. it, it was still yeah, you, a blast. Yeah. Yeah, you, 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 you got to enjoy the show as a fan. I got to work the show, and that was kind of fun. I got to yeah. make my in-ring debut and didn't embarrass myself. <laughs> the microphone in the ring, so there you go. Yeah, it was great. Like You should have seen George because there was that moment of, like, you know, he had to get into the ring, but you could see him working it out, like, you know, the least part, like the way that would take the least amount of chances that something would go wrong. And he just did the classic tried and true, like, roll under the bottom rope, Grab it, roll back out. You know, he wasn't going to try and do the hop up or, you know, like pull the ropes apart or any of that. I like, yeah. Do a Kevin Nash trying to step over the top rope or anything like yeah. that. You know, it's like I, I, I had never entered a ring before in my life. So, I'm right. like, oh, God. <laughs> so, thank God. I didn't, the, the only thing was when I was rolling out, my arm got caught on the, uh, uh, my shoulder, my shoulder hit the bottom uh, rope. So, I'm like, okay, oh, uh, apparently I'm wide shouldered enough that I'm going to hit the bottom rope when I do that. So, <laughs> So can't roll, I can slide out, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't try the cane exit where basically doing a handstand flipping out of the ring there. Yeah. I wonder if I could just do the the running start and baseball slide. Like I that would I be thought about doing that, but I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna get like the world's worst case of road rash. Like how many times did Edge do that kind of movement? Yeah, you know, and, and perfect it the way he did it has, you know. Yeah, so, you're right. <laughs> but nonetheless, we could we have some serious nipple burnage there. So yeah, we want to do that. Uh, but anyway, talking about Derby City Wrestling here. Of course, you can catch Derby City Wrestling every Saturday at noon on uh, My Network TV uh, here in Louisville. That's uh, of course you know My Fifty Eight, as you all know here. But they've got a show coming up here, another TV taping on Sunday, April sixteenth. Here, uh, mm-hmm. that's going to be at the Norton Healthcare Sports and Learning Center on uh, West Muhammad Ali Boulevard in Louisville. A beautiful giant sports facility yeah it's an amazing um, venue yeah, yeah it's, it's brand new thing there um, yeah but yeah uh, bell times five o'clock tickets start at 12 bucks uh one of the featured matches features uh aaron williams a pretty a, a good heel they, they kind of introduced him uh recently here but he's got kind of like a clockwork orange kind of uh, gimmick uh to him and then of course my man the mac willie mac willie mac guy here so, Willie actually just signed officially with AEW, so Willie is now All Elite. Nice. Uh, so, uh, this basically is matches, apparently, uh, Aaron's wanting to kind of rain on Willie's uh, parade and good fortune here. So, uh, that's what uh, the reason is for this match here. So, that's probably going to be one of our featured matches here. But, yeah, lots of stars you know from uh, AEW, from Impact, Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. uh, all throughout the Indies, people who've been in WWE before. So, a lot of familiar faces. And, of course, yeah. a lot of new wrestlers or people you may not know from, you know, regional places around there. Um, a lot of OVW familiar faces. Yeah, Rocco Bellagio. Yeah, he was there. Uh, I, I popped huge when Ted the Trailer McNaylor ran out. I hadn't seen him, the man beast himself. He, oh, man. And last time I saw him, he was all Mr. Prim and Proper OVW commentator. And he might mix it up in the ring a little bit if somebody tried to mess with his wife. But, you know. And, the, and let's not forget, he's Dr. Ted McNaylor. 
Yeah, he, he, uh, yes, he is Dr. Ted, the trailer McNailer. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, matter of fact, I heard Ted talk uh, backstage that he was like, yeah, he had about, um, uh, a, about a week and change notice uh, that he was going to have a, a match uh, with them. And um, so he also hadn't wrestled in several months. So he had to get a little bit, uh, so it was a short match. Uh, yeah, had, yeah, but uh, yeah, he he definitely was talking about. I was like, I wasn't quite necessarily uh, in uh, full ring shape yet, so he's like, let's be brief. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just like I said, just a lot of fun. Like Danny Limelight, uh, who we know from AEW, right? Uh, he was there, their champion right now. So yeah, but uh, yeah, just good, you know, good show. Of course, uh, kind of our local star uh, on the rise, Billy Starks, uh, had a match with uh, Derby mm-hmm. City Wrestling against uh, was it Marty Bell? Um, yeah, and. You know, Billy Starks is a uh, actually she's got a match uh, tonight at Battle of the Belts, I think, because I think she's taking on Jade uh, Cargill. Battle of the Belts is tonight. Yeah, they're doing it right after Rampage. Oh, holy crap! Yeah, yeah so I've got to watch that tomorrow. We have, we have two hours of old man wrestling to watch tomorrow morning because we probably right. Get it yeah, tonight. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but yeah, but Billy Starks is 18 years old, still attends Atherton High School. She's going to be graduating here in about a month or so. Uh, but man, the kid is a sensation. She's going to go places. You know, there, it's it's a, just a matter of time before we see her on a permanent basis on the national stage, whether it's AEW or Ring of Honor or WWE. But either way, that girl is going up. Yeah, she is so, good. Yeah, just, just yeah. great persona. Good. I mean, she's still a little green, but you can tell she's working. Um, and I respect it too. It's like she takes acting classes to help work on her promos. She knew she was going to have a match in Japan at Corrigan Hall, and so she started taking Japanese so she can speak to people while she's. There. Oh wow, that's cool. I mean, it's like this kid goes beyond the extra mile. It's like, yeah. Man. So yeah, hats off to Billy Sharks, man. So I'm excited to see her success, and just want to see her just grow more and more and get more exposure to the wrestling audience out there. So, right. Anyway, so yeah. So again, April 16th is the next live taping there. Well, it's not, it's, it's live to tape, but you will see the wrestlers live. They will be taping for their TV. You can watch, you know, on their uh, TV show the next week and see yourself on TV possibly. So yeah, great time. Go check them out support your local wrestling here. So, Sir, I'm going to let you go because I think we've been on here long enough. So. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to get a little of the chair fatigue here. But. Uh, well, I'm, I've been standing this whole time, so I'm, I feel you, man. So ah, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have a chair that my lovely wife bought for me, but I just don't use it very often. So. Oh, well. Oh. You got used to that TV. I, I remember how we used to do it whenever we were on the on the other, at the TV station when we would stand there and do it, you know. Yeah. Brings out the good energy when you stand up there. So. Yeah, yeah. No, it, I mean, it, it, it was very, like, I understood why. You know, it made sense. And it was good, yeah, you know. Sure. Yeah, Yeah. Of course, yeah. they wouldn't let us use the news desk anyway, so. Oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> we were the comic geeks. We couldn't <laughs> be associated with the news stuff. Right, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, half the time um, they didn't want to let us in the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, brother, thank you very much for being on the show. I appreciate you. You're welcome. Always. always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. And um, uh, like I said, we'll, we'll try to make it to Rampage here at 10 o'clock, but I got a feeling we'll be talking about it tomorrow. Yeah, I don't think I, I can already tell you. I don't think I'm going to do it. <laughs> All right. We'll talk about tomorrow then, bro. All right. You have a good night. I'll let you go, man. All right. You Love too, you. brother. Love you too. 
Oh, and thank you guys for sticking around here. We had a big show to talk about. Lots of wrestling and lots of other geek news here. So we will see you all next time on the Fanatic Forum. Happy Easter. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next time.